Hello and welcome to the Liverpool Way podcast. The first half of the season's in the books and we've snuck into the top six after back-to-back wins, following up back-to-back losses. That sums up the season so far, really. We've had no consistency, but at least we go into the break on the back of a few wins. After a Darwin Nunes brace and a header from the impressive Bobby Firmino secured a 3-1 win over Southampton at Anfield today. I'm Dave Usher, editor at liverpoolway.co.uk and I'm joined for this one by Julian Richards and John Gallagher. So we said before the game when we were talking about what we wanted from the game, we all said obviously three points, but we would have liked uh, a convincing performance as well. Uh, do you think we got that, Jules? Uh, yeah, in the first half, I do. I think I think we. I, it's difficult to know what the mentality of some of the players is because the World Cup like starts next week. But it seemed like the first half, I thought we were we, every, nearly everything was ticking over as well as it has been this season. Uh, and then in the second half, it sort of all petered out as if like people were keeping themselves a, a little bit back, a little bit extra. And then when at the end of the game, when like some of the players were being subbed who were going to the World Cup, it felt like an end of term vibe, which it kind of is, like it's half term, um, an end of term vibe. And I think that sort of played into the second half being a bit, bit lackadaisical for us and Southampton having a few chances. But there was lots in the first half that was that was very encouraging. The, the link-up play between the three, the front three, was was really really good. Uh, Nunes bagged himself a good couple of goals. Uh, Bobby continued his good form. It just it felt a bit more normal, if that if, yeah. that, if I can say normal. You know, it, it felt. It felt like us. Felt like it did. Us. It did for large parts of that first half. It felt like us. We were create and <clears throat> some of the problems we've had recently when we've played some of the weaker teams in the league, most recently Forest and Leeds, is that. We've had a lot of the ball, but we haven't really created lots of what I would call clear-cut chances. I don't know what like the XG or whatever was was on it, but it, it, you know, you felt like we weren't cutting through like we should have been. Well, we're, today I thought we cut through. We created loads of good chances. We had loads of good efforts, um, and even in the second half, we had a couple of efforts like Verge had a header um, in the second half. That you know, Mo Mo almost got through. There was a ball from. Uh, was it was a Harvey to, to Nunez on the edge of the area, and if he if he had managed to bring that under control and, and score, it'd be, it'd be one of the goals of the season. It, it was a stunning yeah. stunning move. So, in in terms of where we've how we've played this season so far, the the chaotic way we've gone we've gone from game to game. This is about as good as you can hope before the World Cup break. We've we've made it to the World Cup break. Um, we're not we're not in great shape in the league, but we're not in this terrible shape as we were. Some results have gone for us. Um, Arsenal um, obviously are, too, are way out in front along with City, but everyone else from third down is catchable. We've got a game in hand, is catchable after the World Cup. So it sends you off into the World Cup with a little bit of relief, a little bit of, right, they've got six weeks now to get their fitness and everything sorted out, get Diaz back, get Jota back. You know, just just get everything. So, get find Naby out what. Back. F- yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Navi. I mean, I I don't even consider him a Liverpool player anymore. I'm not I'm not saying that to be provocative. I genuinely don't even consider him. In a, I, I just don't think about him anymore. He's just not. Mm. You know, when I saw that athletic stat the other week that he'd missed 464 days 
through injury. I that you know was he had a four year contract, a five year contract, basically one of those years, and he hasn't even had like an ox type injury. He's had like all these stupid muscle yeah. injuries, and and he's been out for a year with him. But it's just it's it's just we've got to the World Cup. I view it today as we played we played well in the first half. We played okay in the second half. We avoided any more injuries, any more catastrophes. We've got to the World Cup. Let's retool and then let's see where we are when it all starts again in December. Yeah, John, what do you think? Yeah, I, t- I think coming into the game, you think Southampton's like the perfect opposition you want to play at the moment. They're a nice team to play against. You, you know, you suddenly you've got five weeks coming up without a game or whatever. Um, you know, they're in a bit of disarray at the moment, shipping goals all over the place. Um, so they were pretty much a tailor-made opposition in the league for us at this moment in time. I wouldn't have wanted like a chaotic Leeds type uh, team to play against today. So Southampton, or Brentford, perfect opposition. Someone like yeah, that. someone like that. Yeah, um, obviously City fans out to the cost, mm. but Southampton, um, you know, they're a good footballing team. You know, they came and had a bit of a go. Um, you know, left spaces open for us, and you know, the, as Jules said, the attacking players all like played well, some good link up between the three of them, um, some good goals, some good performances throughout the whole team. I don't think anyone played particularly poorly and I think everyone played relatively well. Um, some obviously standout performers. So yeah, especially after the past few weeks, you know, we're looking in better shape and hopefully coming into uh, after the World Cup area we'll um, you know Jota Diaz will be closer to fitness and we'll hopefully have more options going into January then. So Small positives, um, even though Southampton say they're probably the uh, best team I think we could have played at this moment in time, but you can only beat what's in front of you. Yeah, I, I, I don't really know what to make of it, because I thought the first half was, was really good. Uh, loads of great football. We looked at it, just energetic and you know it, good tempo. And then the second half, I know we're 3-1 up, so we've eased off a little bit, but... It's a bit of a concern to me because the fitness levels is what we've been talking about all season, and we dropped off in the second half. And like, was that tired legs, or was it just a deliberate? Let's just keep what we've got, don't give nothing away. Which, if that was the case, well, we kind of rode our luck a bit because Allison's made three brilliant saves in the second half. So it's not like we just kept it tight and kept them at arm's length. They caused us problems, and. I just thought the second half was, like you know, Jill said there about World Cup players and in it. But if you look in the team, so who's going to World Cup? Well, Trent didn't necessarily think Trent eased off in in particular. Um, Virgil, well, Virgil, he's not having to run around much anyway, so I don't think that makes any difference with him. Fabinho, I thought had a really good game. Actually, it was Fabinho's best game in a while. Um, who else is going? Uh, Darwin. Darwin kind of ran out of steam a little bit, but he always does. So yeah, it's I know mean, it's it's the easy thing to say is oh the World Cup's on players' minds and that, and I'm sure it was. I'm sure the players who were going to the World Cup were thinking, don't get injured, you know, just play it safe. But it didn't visibly look like everyone else was flat out, and the ones who were going the World Cup were easing off. It looked like just the whole team just kind of dropped the tempo in the second half which is disappointing because the first half was like really good there was like so much to, to love about that first half and at half time i'm like convinced of oh, darwin's getting his hat trick today you know because every game like now one of us is saying darwin's going to get an hat trick today and i think it was paul said before and didn't he 
Um, last week it was Chris was saying it. Uh, so it is in the post, you know, it, it is coming because he, he gets like enough chances in every game to get a hat trick. Uh, and uh, today, I mean, today actually he probably only had the two chances, didn't he? And he took them both. Can't remember him having any other chance that he didn't take. So um, normally, like, he's getting six chances a game and he, he maybe score one. But today, he put both of them away. Um, we'll go back to the start, though. First goal, uh, it was early on. I don't know what minute it was, but it was it was pretty early, was it? It was inside the first 10, I would have thought. I thought it was the ninth minute, so... Yeah, yeah, that's, that sounds about right. Uh, I thought the keeper should have saved that because it travelled a long way. Bobby's flicked it from the edge of the box and I thought he should have saved it. Now, maybe uh, Virgil's running in, maybe he's got that in his head, that like, oh, is he going to get a touch? I think Virgil was offside as well, so... Um, if he'd got a bit closer to it, we might have been ruled out. I'll have to see it again, but I've seen one replay of it. It looked like Virgil might have been off. But yeah, I thought the keeper probably should have saved that. Although he he did make he did make uh, some really good saves in the first half, didn't he? I mean, Dan was saying afterwards he thought the keeper was poor. I don't really know where where that's coming from. To be honest, I thought he had a good game. <laughs> Typical Dan but, um, now, re- yeah. getting that kind of goalkeeper evaluation wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, Not surprised there. But yeah, I thought he maybe could have done better with that. But it's a nice header from Bobby. Nice moment for him as well, because obviously he's had a bad week with not getting picked for Brazil and that. And you know, me and John, we were saying, weren't we, John? Like even without the goal, he he was he was our best player in the first half. Thought he was absolutely exceptional. But Southampton just let him do what he wanted. They were just he was just like. Roaming around the pitch, shots, finding yeah, little yeah. pockets of space, and like they were just letting him do it. He just completely dictated that game for us. I thought he was like really good. Um, I think but just had a touch of precision and yeah. class to it, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah. And he has games like that, and then the next game, just touch it, be like bouncing off him, and it, it's just weird. But like when he's like that, when he's on song, you know that was again, it was vintage Bobby. I've said that a few times this season. Overall. He's definitely in our, our top three players for this season so far. Um, today he was really good, yeah. The the goal, um, I think the goalkeeper was was caught in two minds about whether Verge was going to come in, and because of that, yeah. he didn't he didn't make his move until too late. Because Bobby certainly wasn't going for goal; he was flicking that on into yeah into the danger into the danger zone, so to speak. Um, and. It obviously was too far away from Verge, but I think the goalkeeper was just caught on the hop by that, and that's why he didn't get to it, and it looked like he, he probably should have saved it. But again, if you're the goalkeeper, you're probably not expecting someone flicking it out from that backwards head, and a flick like that from that far out going in. You're looking at who's coming in on it, and as you said, Verge might have been offside, but it wasn't really a factor because the ball was too far away from So it's either a really good header from Bobby or a really shit one. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I'm prepared to give Bobby the benefit of the yeah, doubt so from where I was sat. It, it looked like it, it was meant, uh, but I've not seen it back on the telly. But you know, just the way the game was going for Bobby, even in the early stages, you know, everything he did, you know, he just looked confident, assured. Uh, you know, everything, as I say, just that that's such a quality to it. So I'm, I'm looking on the the positive thing. Yeah, he meant that. Um, you know, it wasn't meant as like a flick on. But again, I, I might if I see it on the telly later, I might think totally differently. Mm. So we get the early goal, which is something we've been saying all season. We don't do enough of. Usually conceding first. So we get in front, and it's all set up for us to, you know, steamroll them. And within a few minutes, it's it's one one. Now, 
I've seen the goal back and initially I just thought there's nothing we can do about that. It's an absolutely fantastic ball in. They've timed the runs well so nobody's offside. And it's in that area where Allison's kind of got to come for it, but he can't get there and they've nipped in in front. But I haven't seen the replay. I think Allison maybe maybe could be doing better on that. Um, but generally, it's 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 a good goal. You know, the Ward Prowse's delivery is just exceptional. It's probably like the best in the league. Yeah, it caught it caught both both Verge and and Gomez out as well. They were both sort of behind it, the behind Jay Adams before before they had a chance to react to it. Maybe Allison was just feeling the cold a bit more today because he'd gone clean yeah. shaven. <laughs> I was unsettling. It wasn't settling. The, the only excuse he's got is he's thought I'm going to play footy. And hang out in a country where it's going to be like 35 degrees. Not the good kind of Brazilian heat either. Just desert heat and I can't be asked with having a beard on my face. So I'm just going <laughs> to shave it off now and let it grow back over the space of the tournament. That's the only excuse he's got. Because otherwise, I don't know why he'd get rid of that rugged beard. Like, it's disgusting business. Yeah. I, when I, I walked, like, was walking to my seat and I was watching the players lining up. And I was like, has he shaved his beard off? And then I'm looking close. I'm like, oh, no, I don't like it. It's unsettling <laughs> me. And it... I was even thinking, like, don't do that. That's like, a, you know, that you're jinxing yourself. And then I'm thinking, well, why would that make any difference? Because, like, it's not like if a player gets a haircut, I think, oh, what are you doing? Yeah. But you just associate Alison with the beard. And when it's not there, at least have the moustache, you know, because he got rid of it once before, but he had, like, that porn star tash, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> but, like, to get rid of all of it, it was proper unsettling. It's like, you know, when you're looking at, like, uh, when you, you Google Alison and it's, like, pictures come up of when he was in Brazil and he's like clean shaven. You're like, who the fuck's that? It was, <laughs> he mustn't have looked like that for about 10 years. It was just weird. I didn't like it. He needs to grow it back. But then again, I don't like change. I didn't like when Klopp got rid of his glasses either. I still don't like that. I still think he needs to bring the glasses back. Even if they're clear frames? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not bothered about like w- whether he needs them to see. I just, I prefer that look. It unsettles me when, when he's not got his glasses on. Is it a bit like yeah, uh, sorry, John? Is like Roger? It's like Roger's been in his missus off for a smart and missus. That's that's Klopp's version, is it? Getting the laser eye surgery. It's yeah, the, and getting rid of the glasses. Got his teeth done as well, yeah. and he's he's done his hair. It's like if he wasn't Klopp, yeah, you would be thinking, aye, aye, what's going on there? But, yeah, you know, it's it's Jürgen. You know, he's not going to be doing nothing like that. Roger's <laughs> changed his missus, and uh, and Jürgen changed his. Uh, got rid of the glasses. Yeah. But no, when when they start like getting the teeth on and stuff like that at, at that age, you're like, mm, what's going on there? Who's he trying to impress? But uh, <laughs> yeah, not not clap off. No. Uh, well, I don't even know where we were. <laughs> Southampton's <laughs> goal. To that. Oh yeah, so it goes one one, but we responded well after that, and you know, the, the rest of the half, I thought we were brilliant because Southampton like they were uh, they were throwing men forward, they were having yeah. a go. And they had then, five at the back, but they were yeah. really committing men forward. They wasn't like they didn't come to defend or such. You know, you know, shitting the block and that. You know, when they got the opportunity, uh, they had that. There was a bit of a mad spell, wasn't it? After the goal, a few minutes afterward, it was like end to end for two or three minutes. And it got really frantic and then settled down again. That you know, we took over them for the yeah. rest of the half after that, didn't we? And I, I don't think Southampton troubled us whatsoever, if I remember rightly. They didn't, um, not, not no. for the rest of the half. But well, what was weird about it, you said, like, John, that, you know, they, they play five at the back. It's like, how can you play five at the back and be that wide open? Because yeah, we just looked yeah. like we were going to slice through them. Just that ball down the side, either for Mo or Darwin, and we were just getting in behind all the time. I mean, yeah. some well, of the things Darwin side. did were just class, weren't they? 
Yeah, yeah. So well, Robbo, obviously, Robbo set up. Robbo was brilliant in that first yeah. half. First half, yeah. it was quality. Yeah. He was. Um, but yeah, most of the good play, like particularly, came down the left hand side. And mm. Mo, it was like a nearly performance from Mo. You know, he played well, um, but it just didn't quite happen. Whether he could have had a penalty in the second half again, I've not seen it back, but. Um, you know, when he went down onto the challenge from um, I can't remember the Southampton defender's name, but yeah, Mo still played think, okay. Like yeah, Shalisu, that's it. Yeah, um, you know he still played relatively well, Mo, but obviously uh, Bobby and Darwin took centre stage. Mm. So second goal, lovely ball from Harvey, absolutely inch perfect, mm. uh, and tidy finish from Darwin. Because I mean, it's a Fairly straightforward finish, but you can miss those quite easily. But uh, yeah, he took it really well. And no more than he deserved because he'd started the game so well. Was the, the chance when he put that cross in, was that, was that at 1-1 or was that after it went 2-1? You know, when he just got down the left and just hit that brilliant low ball towards I, Mo I and think the keeper was, blocked it. I think that was after 1-1. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think that was it. Yeah. That was outstanding. That, like, that cross was just perfect. Good goalkeeping um, as well. Yeah, I thought yeah. initially, I thought the, I said Same to John, didn't I? I, said, I thought he got lucky that he dived to try and intercept the cross. Mm. And it's just, and then the shot hit him. But like, I've seen it back and he knew he wasn't getting to the cross. He was just spreading himself. It was, it was a really good save that, to be fair. Um, But yeah, that's just a shame that one never went in because that was boss from Darwin. And I think, you know, all the people who've, who've been like taking the piss out of him and, and like, Calling him a flop and stuff, and you know, I've been saying it for for weeks. His his goal to game ratio is like ridiculous. It's like so good, even better after today because it's another start and it's it's two goals for him. But like it's it's not just the goals. He just looks like he's settled in now, doesn't he? He looks like he's yeah. comfortable, and uh, I like him on the left. I, I was reserving judgment. I didn't know if that was going to work or not, but it's it's looking good so far. I like that little dynamic with Bobby's dropping off, and we've still got like you know the the two pacey players running in behind. But he caused havoc today. Mm. So it'll be interesting when Diaz and Jota come back. With yeah. Obviously, um, Darwin on the left at the moment. So there's plenty of options there. Plenty of. Um, or mix and match situ- situations you can have, so it'll be interesting what happens. But yeah, uh, he's really settled down. I think seen is it nine goals in is it eighteen he's not played eighteen games, but he's been involved in eighteen games, so I think he's got nine goals now in all competitions. Yeah, which, it's probably you know, around about nine starts as well. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, his goals to probably minutes ratio is probably quite higher, was I thought. It'd be close to, to probably close to a goal every ninety, be there or thereabouts. Yeah. Mm. And yeah, not just goals, but like too much. involvement in goals as well. Yeah, yeah, you can't quibble with that. You know, I, I just love watching him. It's, just, it's like when he gets subbed, I'm gutted. I know I've said it before, <laughs> but you know, I was thinking, don't take him off early just because it's the World Cup. You know, leave him on. I want him to get his hat trick. I was okay at that when he did get subbed because it was it was late on. I'm like, yeah, I'll, mm. I'll let you off with that one. But if he'd have been brought off after like 55, 60 minutes or something, I'd have been gutted. I just love watching him. I think you just don't know what's going to happen next. Yeah, it just adds that bit of unpredictability to Mo's genuine class and consistency, doesn't he? Generally, it's a bit of a um, compliment to each other. Well, in that respect, it's like you know he's still settling in. You know he he's not quite fully tuned up to what we're doing yet. Um, you know it's been a bit of a iffy start for the team, but. 
Um, you, you know, as as the weeks have gone on, he has become more like assured. You know, with with each uh, performance, so long may it continue. So hopefully, he has a good World Cup. Um, however far Uruguay get, and he comes back even you know more full of confidence. Have have we uh, have we placed our bets for like top goal scorer? If he's still sixty six to one, I'm definitely getting on that. Well, for the World Cup. Yeah. Oh, wow, it's just got a little... Milan Barros was 66 to 1 in well, a, someone, 2004, and I got a... I think I threw a fiver on that, so I did all right out of that. Terry said last week that he was 66 to 1. Uh, if he still is, I'm, I'm definitely getting a fiver on that. Like, I don't even know if he starts for Uruguay. I don't know if he's like on the bench or if he starts. I don't know. I mean, they've, got, they've still got like Suarez and Cavani, haven't they? Um, I think the... Uh, that Real Madrid lad, I think he plays on the right. You know, he's a midfielder for Madrid. I think he plays on the right for, for Uruguay, like right wing, uh, Valverde. So yeah, they've got some good players. That's the the only the only interest I've got in the World Cup is watching Uruguay, Suarez and Nunez together. Oh my God, that's just like <laughs> it's Christmas for me. That like so yeah. Well, it is actually Christmas. Yeah. Well, I'll be watching them, um, <laughs> and I'll probably watch Wales. And other than that. I don't know. I'm not really interested. Uh, I'm just looking for his odds now because I definitely want to put a fiver on that. But uh, yeah, we'll get to the uh, the second goal because that was just class, just lovely football. But we were doing that all half, like we said, you know, just those little triangles and Robbo racing off the ball and I'm just playing him in behind. And brilliant first time cross from Robbo and Darwin slid in, uh, finished it well. They passed by Bobby, was that that one? Yeah, Bobby. Bo- I yeah, think Bobby yeah. played the, the through ball, didn't he? That's right, yeah, mm. for Robbo, yeah, yeah, great football, yeah, just direct, you know, what, we used, what we've been used to seeing, what you want to see. Oh, what about that other move, where Darwin started it, like, deep in his own half, and then he sprinted the length of the pitch, he ends up getting in the box, Mo, Mo plays him in, and he back heels it to Bobby, and uh, just the, the, the keeper made the save. Keep I mean, smell, yeah. what a goal that would have been if the keeper's not saved it. That would that would have been like one of those, you know, the red arrows goals that like that have been going on mm. about that we just don't do anymore. That that was that felt a bit like that, just from one end of the pitch to the other in a few seconds. Just uh, oh, we'll probably see exciting. we'll probably see more of of stuff like that, that as he gets more used to playing with them. Yeah, because that's all it is, right? So it's it's about in, it's about integrating a player that's got a different skill set to what we used to. And then it's getting the players used to him as well. Like he and Mo are more or less on the same wave now, wavelength now. And, and Bobby is such that he can pick up other players' wavelengths a lot easier than than some players. <clears throat> so and then putting them all three together because of the injuries they've played together a lot recently. It's really starting to click into gear. It's quite exciting what could happen if um, if one of the other two who are currently injured come back in and. As John said earlier, the, the combinations because you don't want Bobby playing all the time. Like Bobby's been good this season. Yeah, and he's been that's good he'll be ineffective ha- if you overplay him. Yeah, it, it, it's he's he's been so good despite the fact he's had to play probably more than we would have wanted because of the injuries. But ideally, you want him as you know playing every other game or you know getting thirty minutes off the bench and and that kind of stuff. And and the the combinations that we can put in now with. With all those five, is um, well put it this way: I'd be fuming if we ever, if we never not score in a game with a, with a, if all those five are fit and on fire. Yeah, there'll be there'll be some serious anger going on if they they don't do anything in games. I know. I just can't wait to have them all fit again, just for like the the rotation aspect, because 
you don't have to overplay because at the moment the three that we've had we're having to play them more or less every game at the moment since we lost Jota and Diaz um, I suppose it's good in a way because it's helped them build up a bit of an understanding you know, Darwin's played on the left now and it seems to have just started to click unfortunately we now have like six weeks off which I've been just desperately wanting this break for, for like about feels like about two months I've been like can't wait for the World Cup break we need to just get to that and now we get to it I think oh, it feels like we're just finding a little bit of something and now we're off but I do think overall it's going to be better for us now to just have that time off reset mm. figure out what went wrong and you know hopefully come back stronger after the break um but at half time i wasn't thinking that at half time the way we were playing it's like oh no, i don't really want the season to break now we're looking good but then by full time like yeah probably <laughs> probably for the best because that's now i remember half, why that second <laughs> half wasn't great but i feel like that just sums up the season so far because we've been good in spells but we've just not sustained it at all. Like whether that's week to week or even within games themselves. At times you're watching and you're like, "Yeah, this this looks like us again," you know. And then it just goes flat and you know, no energy and and just a, a low tempo. And like, yeah, the second half was just. I felt like it was just a pretty much a non-event other than Allison's heroics. You can subscribe to the Liverpool Way podcast on all the major platforms, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon or Podbean. Just search for the Liverpool Way, leave us a review and hit subscribe to automatically receive all new episodes. You can also head to liverpoolway.co.uk and grab a TLW season ticket for just £3 a month. There's tons of exclusive content, including match reports from every Liverpool game, weekly Premier League roundups, the TLW diary and access to the members only forum. Lastly, you can follow us on social media at the Liverpool Way on Twitter and at the Liverpool Way TLW on Instagram and Facebook. It was. That was pretty much a non-event, wasn't it, John? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, Alisson, what, what more can you say about him? He's like, you know, absolutely unequivocal, best in the world for me. You know, he didn't have much to do, but within, what, five, five minutes, was it, those three saves? You know, it's all brilliant saves. Mm. You, you just expect it, but he makes it look easy. You know, there's none of this tub-thumping, you know, batting all his players, you know, shouting at them and all that. You know, he just gets on with it, like, unlike the other little slick-haired twat at Goodison. Um, yeah. You know, it's like, it's just natural to him, isn't it? You know, he's just oozes class. It's like... And authority. And authority, yeah, yeah, that's it. It's like, you know, that's what he's there to do. Roy Keane has always said, that's his job. You know, and that's right. You know, no no frills. Roy Keane American, John. (laughs) 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 Oh, yeah, I'll bow to Dave's better impersonation. I'm I'm too much out to practice, John. I wouldn't even do it. At one time, I I do feel like I did a pretty good Roy Keane, but I wouldn't even attempt it now. We've had too many dodgy impressions on this pod. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, the the funny thing is, Chris's Quint impression was more Irish than John's Roy Keane. <laughs> Chris has probably been practicing that and he'll just spring it on us like one day and it'll yeah. be like spot on. Perfect, yeah, yeah. Um, but going back to Alison, that third save off, the, was it the header off someone? I can't remember who it was, but yeah. it's just a phenomenal. Shea save, Adams, it was. You know? Shea Adams, yeah, that's right. So we'll talk play quite well, by yeah. the way. It was good for Southampton. Um, yeah, brilliant. Uh, you, you know, you're thinking there, aren't you? Any other keeper in the world there, you, you know. 
and we could have been in a bit of trouble that last 10 or 15 minutes but you know Alisson again just as I say just gets on with it game after game and he's been brilliant all season despite the, the side's general ups and downs you know he's been one consistent hasn't he yeah he has no, he's been shout out for player of the season so far I suppose yeah him Bobby Diaz before he got injured Mo after a, a dodgy start Mo's been really good uh, uh, possibly Nunez yeah yeah I'd say so them goals Robbo's been good on the sly I don't think people have been talking about Robbo as much as they should because I think, I think he's Robbo's really got better as the season's gone on I thought he looked a bit leggy earlier on yeah after he, he came back from like yeah. he had a little injury since he come back from that I think he's been really good yeah definitely but it helps that like you've got Costa so you can just rotate in and out and keep yeah. Robbo fresh I think like we've benefited from that whereas Trent hasn't really had that but hopefully he will uh, Right in the second half of the season, hopefully we'll see more of Ramsey. Little bit that we've seen so far, he's looked promising. Um, don't know why he wasn't involved today. He must have picked up a little knock or something. Uh, we are, are we going to Dubai? Today, are we? we? Oh, sorry, to, are we going to Dubai? Are we? For yeah. The team? yeah. Yeah. When, when is that? I don't know how long is it for. I'm not sure. I've I've not checked, but Klopp did say that like if any players get knocked out early, they can just you know he said that's yeah, one of the reasons why they're going there. Mm. Like they can just you know nip over to Dubai and just rejoin the squad. So, um, not sure who's going to go out in the group stages. I've not even looked at the groups. I don't know who Uruguay have got. Uh, I don't know who Holland have got. Um, Senegal. I know Holland. I think that's one of the first games. I think. Did, did Sadio get in? I know they said like that he was injured yeah. and he was out. Did he make it or? Oh, last I heard he'd hired witch doctors to to get him fit or something, hadn't he? Yeah, I, I don't know if he made it actually. I know obviously he was in the squad, but uh, I don't know if he actually if he's recovered from his injury. Um, I hope he has. You, you yeah, Cooler Bali looked like he'd done his hamstring today as well. Yeah, don't know how he is, but yeah, imagine like Senegal lose the two of them. Fucking hell! So I'd yeah. quite like to see Senegal do well. If I was watching it, I'd, I'd be wanting Senegal to do well. I'm not going to tune into Senegal's games. I might do actually just if Sadio's there. Senegal and Netherlands are in the group with Qatar and Ecuador. Okay, so they both should go through, shouldn't they? What was the other one? Uruguay, you wanted to know. Yeah. They're in with Korea, um, South Korea, Portugal and Ghana. I just oh, placed my bet, by the way, while we were talking. I didn't get 66 <laughs> to 1, no, I only got 50. Oh, yeah, well, that's a nice little bonus before Christmas, hopefully. Yeah, I threw a fiver on it, so, uh -huh. yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Uh, anything else from today? Let's see. Milner came on. That was a 600th Premier League game. What a man. Yeah. He was boss when he came on as well. He was like, it's. he just came on and just did like wily old pro shit, didn't he? Just like <laughs> nudging people in the back and like then like taking a tumble himself and it just everything he did just reeked of like wily old pro. Just thought it was it was class. Uh, but he's great at that. That that's his role. Is like last fifteen twenty minutes putting him on, whatever the situation is, he fits. You know, if you're putting him on, he just brings something. Um, I'm surprised he came on for who he did because you know, we thought it was going to be Trent. I mean, yeah, I thought Trent would go off early. Yeah. yeah, you know, with the World Cup in mind, I thought Trent was going to go off earlier than he did. Uh, I didn't see Elliot coming off. I thought I thought Harvey had another good game today. Yeah. 
Yeah, he's 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 been good on the sly as well. You know, people are not really talking about how good he's been because the, if the team had been getting better results, I think people would be raving about Harvey Elliott. But the mm. team's not been great, and he's a part of that because you know the midfield's getting criticised for you know lack of energy, lack of physicality, not really helping out enough defensively, and that's partly Harvey. Even though it's you know it's unfair to really criticise him for that because you can't expect him to have like the point I just made there about Milner, just knowing where to be, what to do, just experience. Well, Harvey hasn't got any of that, and he's only been playing in midfield for like five minutes. It's not like he's his entire career he's been playing centre midfield. They've they've moved them back, so he's still kind of learning on the fly. Um, yeah. But he, with the ball, he's, he's just great, isn't he? Just, yeah, he's, he's just playing class. with maturity in a different way, isn't he? You know, I mean, when yeah. he, oh, well, he's 19, but he's on the ball, he's playing like he's a 24-year-old. Like, yeah. a, you know, obviously off the ball, tactically, you know, position, positional sense, etc. That'll come to him in time, you know, he'll, that's uh, for the coaching staff and that. But just his natural ability... Um, you know, he, he does play with great maturity and confidence, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. And that's not something that's just going to happen overnight. He, all of a sudden, he'll become like a really good, positionally aware, defensive, yeah. defensively capable midfield player. It just comes with games and experience. So he will he will get better at that. Uh, but what he brings with the ball at his feet, I just think he's he's been really good this season. Um, and if the team was doing better, people would be talking more about him. But, yeah, really pleased with how he's developing. Uh, well, even the other night, a good example of that, actually. There's loads of kids played in that game. And Harvey's one of those in terms of just purely his age. But Harvey comes on and immediately is, like, miles better than pretty much everyone else on the pitch, other than Bobby, I'd say. You know, the two of them were just, like, when they came on the other night, they were, like, head and shoulders above everybody else. And I think that just shows, like, how far ahead Harvey is to the other kids, including... You know, his mate, who had like a full season in the championship and and got rave reviews, did really well at Fulham. Um, but Harvey's ahead of him, you know, he's, and that's because he's been training with us, been training with like with the first team for like three, four years. Okay, he has he has a season out on loan, but since he came in, he's been training with like great players. Carvalho was playing at Fulham, so he, he's ahead in that regard, you know. And I think that's like it shows when you watch him play, you know, that he's had like just training sessions, playing with these great players, um, and it's brought him on. You know, he went out on loan. That's obviously helped more so with the physical side of it, probably, I'd say, because yeah. football, he had that anyway, you know, just the ability. But that season, like in the rough and tumble of the championship, and he did really well, and he's come back. And ever since then, you know, he's just, he's looked ready. Uh, he obviously had the injury, which ruled him out after a really good start last season. And, yeah, I just think he's probably... Number four now, isn't he? You know, with, with if everyone's fit, the midfield it's probably still Hendo, Thiago, Fabinho. Harvey w- would be like number four, which that was the role that Cater was supposed to be in. Although there'll be some people who say you know Cater should be in, in the in the starting eleven as soon as he's fit. <laughs> Lunatics, I like to call them. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think Harvey's like got that spot now, hasn't he? Is like he's he's like the fourth. And that means you're going to get a lot of games because the others missed missed games. I mean, Hendo was out today. Uh, they said personal reasons, so I don't know what's going on there. But hopefully, it's nothing serious. Whatever, whatever's going on. Um, but yeah, uh, Harvey, really pleased with how he's developing. Um, 
And then we had Ben Doak on the bench. He didn't get on, but that's kind of... I reckon that's because Linda's cocked up the subs, though, Brie. You, co- you only get you get five, but you only get the three windows. I know, and... they, they did oh. cock that up, didn't they? I said yeah. that to John at the time. Yeah. I was like, you can only stop the game three times. When yeah. they made the first change, should have done a double. He should have yeah. made the double change then. That's right. Yeah, he kind of snookered himself there, and it was like, okay, so you don't want to then leave yourself, like if someone gets And then he made another single sub. Yeah. <laughs> and then he brought off Son as another single sub, but fucking hell. Yeah. And, and then, then when he that happened, I thought, yeah. And then, no, when he did I, a triple he did a one late, triple, didn't he? did a triple, yeah. 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 But that's that's when I thought we're not going to see we're not going to see Doki. This is not going to happen after what, that. When, what you mean it. when we'd already used the five subs? You thought, no, oh, no. When it? we're the second, when we'd done the second single, I thought oh, yeah, oh, he's not going to yeah. come on. Yeah. No, same. I, because, I thought the same thing. Yeah. No, I think the game. Cheeky bastard! After we made the five subs. Fucking hell. Yeah, what happened there is I thought, oh, you know, we could make another sub, but then, you know, if we'd made five, so fuck off. I think the game as well, being even though it was, you know, we were 3 1 up, you never felt 100% safe due to those saves Allison made as well. So, yeah, um, you know, I think might have You say that, time. John, but I, I felt second half, I, I didn't feel we were any in real danger. No, not me neither, no, generally, but... but it's like if they, if, only for any other goalkeeper, probably that's three two there, and the, it was like. But we did have chances came. in the second half, like yeah. put a header just wide of the post that looked like it was going in. Someone else had a good Bobby had a good header as well. He had a good chance off a corner. Yeah. In the second half, so we did we did have chances. No, it's not so um, much that. I, I the way I felt about it was, I never felt like we were in danger or that we weren't going to win the game, but I also didn't feel totally safe. To the point where I'd be like, because when when that Phillips was coming on, initially I thought, are they taking Virgil off here because of the World Cup? And I said to John, if they're doing that, I'm not down with that at all. Like five minutes to go, if they score, it changes everything. So, I mean, obviously that's not what happened. It was Trent came off, Gomez goes to right back, which is, I was totally fine with that. But the, the point was that I think that's why Ben Doak doesn't get on. Because of the situation in the games, like if we'd have got the fourth goal, I think he would have come on. I think they'd have put That's him on, it, yeah. but I don't feel like the game was safe enough that they could start oh, okay. doing stuff like that. But it wasn't that we were, you know, felt threatened or all this, this, you know, the games in doubt we might blow this. It wasn't that, but it wasn't mm. completely safe either. Because if they had a scored at any point, like with, with a few minutes left, it would have been panic stations, and they had created chances, so you knew that they did pose a threat. Um, I thought, like you know, as much as I was criticising the way we dropped off in the second half, like tempo wise, I actually thought like the chances that Southampton created wasn't specifically because oh you know we've defended really badly. I thought they played really good football to create those chances. It was nice stuff from them. Um, so I think they they can take something from that game, you know, performance wise. I think they did they did show something, and I think they'll stay up. I think they've got enough about them to stay up. Now I'm. Obviously, rooting for them to stay up because I'm rooting for all of those teams at the bottom. It's like I want every one of them to finish above Everton, and then I don't really care who finishes 18th and 19th. I'm not really bothered, but just all get above Everton, and then you know let's just let the uh, the dominoes fall as they may. But uh, I'm hoping Southampton stay up. I don't really know why. Um, I just kind of have like a little bit of a soft spot for them, and I couldn't even tell you why. I think it's the kit. The kit, yeah. The yeah. kit just fucking beautiful i just love southampton's <laughs> kit they've always got a dead nice kit but this year's one especially 
I think they deserve to stay up just for having like such a fantastic kit. Yeah, that's, that's, that's you know they're a club. So they've always done things the right way, haven't they? They're always well run. You know, pr- 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 uh, as good like a card. Apart from that time when they got Clive Woodward to be in, to be in charge. Of <laughs> well, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> get that. Get get the guy who won the World Cup. <laughs> in rugby union, what's <laughs> all that about? Uh, and Matt Letizia, let's not go. To, oh, Peter Shilton uh, as well. Oh, of course, friggin' hell. Yeah, I hope they go down, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's something about that South Coast air that just turns people into fucking bellends. Like <laughs> Brexit bellends. I mean, Peter Shilton might be the worst person in the entire country. Like, maybe I'm overstating that a bit, but I don't feel like I am. I just despise Peter Shilton. He's the fucking worst. Oh, you know what? This is funny, right? Because obviously I've said stuff about Peter Shilton on, on the forum and then, like, match reports and all that. Um, constantly, like, had a go at him over one thing or another. And I, I've said sent stuff to him on Twitter as well. Like, sometimes, I don't follow him, but sometimes stuff from him will show up on my timeline and I just can't help but just bite. I just have to say something. It's usually along the lines of like calling him like a curly headed fuck or something. <laughs> <laughs> I just or or I'm referencing something that Diego, you know, something about Diego just to wind him up. I just I can't, I don't I'm not one for doing that. You know, sending messages to like famous people and that I don't do it. He's the one exception. I I can't help it. I'll often just like send him a message. And I know loads of people have been blocked by him. And for some reason I haven't, and I feel like I, I'm I'm just gonna enjoy it while I can until I eventually get blocked. But um, you blocked this me, week. Sorry. So this week, like I'm checking my emails, and here's an email, and it's like Peter Shilton, and I'm like, oh fuck, <laughs> what, <laughs> what have I said here? What's this gonna be? And he opened it up, and it was just some fucking random fella called Peter Shilton. <laughs> I was so relieved. I thought, oh no, this is like an Alan Pardew situation again. <laughs> but then, like thinking about it afterwards, like, well, Peter Shilton wouldn't have emailed me. It would have been his lawyers, wouldn't it? You know, because that's what it was with Pardew. It was Pardew's solicitors. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I just seen the name Peter Shilton. I was like, oh shit, what have I said now? <laughs> but no, it, luckily enough, it wasn't. Um, yeah, yeah me. I don't know. How have we got onto that? <laughs> Where did that yeah. come from? You you two did like Southampton, but oh, yeah, you talked yeah, yourselves yeah. out to Southampton because yeah. of yeah, and, and yeah. Peter Shilton. Yeah, it's the South Coast air though, because like the the worst is Paul Walsh, my all time favourite player, hero growing up. And he lives in Southampton, or he did do. I don't know if he still does. And then he just turned into. I remember him seeing something on Twitter. I had to unfollow him straight away. He was gutted about like he was throwing a street party on like the anniversary of Brexit or something like that. Oof. And I was like, oh no, not you as well, Walsh. <laughs> what is it with that South Coast air? That just turns them into fucking lunatics. So yeah, I don't know about Southampton now. Maybe they can go down as long as they finish above Everton. Then you know whatever happens happens. Uh, we may as well talk about other results because City got beat today, which I take no no joy in that at all. I'm like, oh, now you start fucking dropping points, you dickheads. You know, like when it's irrelevant to us, and it, it you know, there's no joy for us with them dropping points now. It's just frustration because we're so far back. Although, I suppose we have to talk about Paul, don't we? <laughs> Before the game, when like there was a big cheer went up from like the the park and the Albert. So we're like, oh, okay, so Brentford must have just scored a winner like late on. 
and immediately Paul starts going down the road of, I said this was going to be a mad season and everyone was going to start dropping points. And, you know, we've had our bad spell. So if we get our act together, and I was like, Paul, just just stop. Stop right there. I'm cutting you off. Just stop it. Don't start talking about the title race. I mean, how, how many points behind are we? We're still... Well, Arsenal are currently 2-0 up against Wolves. So what are we behind City? It's It's a lot, isn't it? It's still a lot, like, even after that. About ten points behind City. Is that all? Games played, yeah. Oh, I'm not Dave. Hang on, I'm sorry, Paul. <laughs> Take it back. If it's ten points, points behind Arsenal, though, it's uh... yeah, it's ten points. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, but I'm hoping Arsenal keep points. winning up until February, and uh, I hope they do a Newcastle '96 job, and they're like fifteen points ahead or something. I'm desperate for Arsenal to choke. I want them to keep, you know, smelling their own farts and thinking they're great. But it's like, you know, the longer the season goes on, um, it'll make the implosion even funnier. Yeah, hopefully. they haven't got the squad to to, to yeah. survive that long. Eventually. Yeah, but the problem up. is, is there's a nice big gap to have to, to have part of the squad rested now. Yeah, well, it, it depends. They might buy players in January, might be. But I do think like their squad's not not deep enough at all. Um, how do we feel about that? Would would you rather Arsenal win the league or City? City. City. I couldn't give a shit if City win the league. That's kind of how I feel, bottom. but yeah. I mean, if you're being honest, like in, in in terms of, I mean, no one's a plucky underdog. Arsenal are own, like Stan Kroenke's a billionaire. His, his wife's like the heir to Walmart in the US. He owns the Rams, the, the the Denver Nuggets, he, you know, he's not short, he's not like he's some plucky local North London hipster magnet who's bought his local team. So they're not, they're not like plucky underdogs, but I suppose what you can say is they've, they've, they've built, they've built on their, they've been shit for years. They haven't had the Champions League, but they've, they've slowly but surely taken the shite out of the squad, taken the knobheads out of the squad and put in, Dave's favourite phrase of the year: "Players with the eye of the tiger," uh, and they've built they've built something that that looks like it's actually you know starting to work. So you, you do gravitate to go. That's what you want, isn't it? You want like teams to do it the right way and build it and and all that kind of stuff. But I just I hate them so much. I can't bring yeah. myself bring myself to. I I I, I say I hate their fans and I hate the current in, in, incarnation of Arsenal. You know. 20 years ago, I, I would have been like rooting mm, for them over yeah. who would have been then United. Well, we like, were. on them. Because <laughs> yeah, we were, we, yeah, we, were. There, so we, we generally no. were rooting for Arsenal to, yeah. to beat United. But there was a lot to like about them then. Uh, yeah, there was. Maybe there would be I, now if the fans weren't such dickheads. But, I mean, City fans are fucking knobheads as well. So, that kind of evens uh, itself out. My, I think my reason for probably reluctantly saying City to win it It'd piss me off if this is a year when, when like City just become vulnerable and end up with like eighty three, eighty four points or something and Arsenal yeah. win it on eighty five and I'll be like, oh, Fuck that would off. Be tough After to all take. what we've done when we've been getting yeah. like close to a hundred points and it's not being enough for like this year when we have like a down year and for Arsenal to fucking backdoor it like with eighty something <laughs> points, that'd that that'd be just really hard to take. It'd be really hard to swallow. But it'd probably take some consolation just from City not winning it because like because they're just fucking knobheads. It'd well, almost I'd... be as hard to swallow as winning it for the first time in thirty years and not being able to go out and celebrate yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is with City, the more they win it, it's like you know all this 
cheating. Mm. It's like, you know, the most anyone's won the top division in England is three on the spin, which City are, are going to do this season if they win it. So it's like, if City keep winning it, then when the questions really start getting asked kind of thing, it's like, you know... Well, this, that's a good point, John, because they're like the second most successful team in League Cup history now. Mm, well, we, oh, we've got nothing. nine. Yeah. And yeah. we've and they've got eight. And that that's like sort of that that's when you sort of go, Oh, hang on a second, what? They've got eight. Mm. And that's when you, that's when it'll start to be noticed, when suddenly all the records are theirs and you didn't even notice. Well that's the thing, it's um, like Arsenal are the third most successful like team and like winning the, the league championship. It's like I think they've won fourteen. But the way it's going, City could break that and the next what ten years or so, and in so City could have like took that record in twenty years that it's took Arsenal hundred years to accumulate because of yeah you know, cheap balling, that, that's it that's it yeah. no, like, actually you know while we're on this when we were talking about the owners the other night there was a, there was something I wanted to say and it just slipped my mind and I, I never really made the point but it's it's a really really important point. Because uh, Paul mentioned it afterwards, he was like, you know, I wish someone had said that. And I was like, yeah, I wanted to say that, and I just it just never got round to it. But you just said there about like you know City and and the um like the the cheating. It is cheating, but you know a lot of our fans will be saying stuff about like you know FSG, put your hands in your pockets and and all stuff like that. What they seem to be missing is like you can't do that. Like people who are wanting FSG to fund transfers. That's not how it works. If they do that, they're breaking the rules. They can't just say, right, you know, we're, we're just going to invest a load of money. Here, here you go. Here's like 50 million that we'll put in and go and sign like player X or player Y. You can't do that. You know, it's, you can only spend what you bring in legitimately. Now, City are cooking the books and, you know, they're doing all that non-existent sponsors it would like they get like a twenty million pound check from a company that doesn't exist, some company in Abu Dhabi. That's like it, it's just a way for the owners to just funnel money into the club, and like some of our fans are wanting our owners to be doing like you know funneling money in. FSG can't do that, even and they wouldn't do it anyway, and nor should they. That's not like why why they get they didn't get into it to be ploughing in their own money on buying players. Without, the whole idea is grow the club, bring in like more revenue. And let the club like sustain itself, spend what you bring in. Now, if people want to argue that they're not spending what we're bringing in, that's a different argument at all, and you, and you mm. can have that discussion. The discussion that like, I'm just not prepared to have, because it's just bollocks, is that they should be paying for this, and they should be paying for that. No, the club should be paying for that. Money that the club brings in should be used spent on the club so like whether that's like wage bill buying players whatever you spend the money that you generate yourself now man city are artificially generating money uh i dave they, they, they've they've just denounced record revenues they they've they they've got a, a more a, money than man a, united a commercial now. To, a, eh? they bring in more money than man united they bring more money money than everybody real madrid yeah. bayern munich barcelona manchester united despite uh, having like no fans around the world it's six hundred twenty-two million pounds of commercial deals. I mean, we we want forget about signing new players. We want to sign this amazing Manchester City commercial department that does these deals that like no one else can get near. It's very, very, very clever from them, or it's cheating. And Newcastle will be doing that soon enough. They've already started. You know, if you look at like Newcastle's most recent sponsors that they've been getting, they're all going to be like Saudi-based because that's that's how it works. Now. 
it just it winds me up when people are saying like FSG need to be putting their own money in. Well, they're not gonna do that. Why would they? But they can't do it anyway. It's a, it's illegal. You can't on the one hand be complaining about Man City cheating and doing this, and then wanting our owners to be like, you know, just like like sneaking in a little forty million here and fifty million. Here. No, that's you can't have that. You know, you you spend what you generate yourself, and if you're not doing that, if you're artificially generating money, you should be punished. And City are getting away with it because the lawyers, you know, they, they, everyone's just scared to take them on. UEFA tried to do it and ended up like getting beaten at like the, the um, court of arbitration because, and it, that was the other thing, people saying like, you know, City appealed and won. They didn't. They, they were guilty. They were proven take, guilty and they got off. The they got off mm. the same way that I got off on a fucking, on a fine for speeding like years ago i dragged it out for over six months and after the six i think they've closed that now but after six months they couldn't do yeah and that's what city did they dragged it out and then they went well that was five years ago and it's in your you know uh, terms and conditions whatever like whatever you call it they're like it says like you've got to do it within five years and you haven't the five years has passed so statute of limitations you can't do anything and they you know the arbitration for sport like they were like yeah you know they've got you there you know it is over five years so <laughs> technically doesn't matter what they've done what they never appealed what they did they just said it's too late for you to do anything about it and they got off because of that and this premier league investigation has been going on for about fucking six years nothing will come of that either because the reason it's going on this long is because they're probably looking at it and going have we got a watertight case here or are their lawyers going to tear us apart and is it going to cost us a fortune we're going to be in in court for like 10 years while they drag it out and that's how they're getting away with it and that's the, the problem is like they're just going to do what they want and nothing's going to be done about it but how would the Premier League feel, which is why I'm wanting City, if we don't win the title, I hope they win it every year for the next seven years, yeah. because it's like... It gets them off the hook if Arsenal win it. It's like the yeah. Premier League can say, well, it's a competitive league. Yeah, well, this is it. So, you, you know, you think Premier League on markets itself and being the most competitive mm. league in the world and all that, but to what extent and to what point will it become when it's like, oh, City won the league, you know, at a canter 10, 12, 15 points year on year, and it's like, you know, what happens then? What does the Premier League do about it? You know, it's like, you know, the Premier League's like the biggest asset in this country kind of thing, you know, it's what, um, you know, brings on all kinds of money and all that to all these clubs, so it's like, well, where does it go from there? Like, when's like the... Um, the elephant in the room gonna be like discussed kind of thing, you know. It's sort of it can't go on indefinitely if City win the league year on year. The Premier League's probably desperate for Arsenal to win the league just to yeah take mm. people's attention away from what City are doing. Well, when it comes to renewing like TV rights and all that, if City are winning it every year, like you know, it's gonna become like France, Germany, or whatever, Scotland. You know, no, people will get bored of it. Yeah. You know, they just will. It's. You know, people should be like fucking like applauding us for what we've done over recent years because it's like you know, but we're like bantered every every week. We you know every team we play, yeah. Gerard slipped and all that all that shit. It's like fucking you, you Derby know. fans singing that the other night. Oh, uh, I can't even tell you how much that wound me up. <laughs> like that's none of your business. You don't get uh, to comment on like fucking Premier League matters. You weren't even around when that happened. Fuck off. But what, like scandals. when if yeah, well, I'd say when FSG bought the club. I mean, they've done, you know, they've dragged the club into the twenty-first century. They sorted the issue out with the stadium, you know, 
it was it was going to be the Paddy Bowl twenty years ago, and then uh, you know George Shillette was going to have a spade in the ground in Stanley Park in sixty days. That's all sorted now. You, you know, it's, it's like you know the clubs are making more money than it's ever done. It's more self-sufficient than it's ever been. It's like they've done FSG have done like really good things with the club. Now I wouldn't swap them for any other owners in the you know the top clubs in the league kinds of things. So it's like. Yeah, they've made mistakes, but you know we're all human. It's like you know, you know, they're honest mistakes. You know, they've done things wrong. You know, the ticket prices, the furlough and COVID and all that kinds of stuff. But generally, you know, I, I'm, if I was going to score them as owners since you've been here, I'd probably give them like a seven out of ten. Yeah, no worse than that, definitely. Mm. The the worry as well is when you change when the you know the the thought that the club might go up for sale again is who who are you going to end up with. Like, mo- you know, nearly all billionaires are billionaires for a reason, and they're not nice reasons. And you don't want to, you know, th- I always worry that Dubai or Bahrain might try and get in on the on the Premier League act, and what better way to do it than to buy Liverpool? And you know, I- I'd have a serious problem with whether I'm going to be whether I could continue watching football if if we were owned by one of those two. But even if Oof. it's not one of those two, if it's a, if it's another billionaire, the chances are they're not bad. Like yeah. there's, there's just there are there aren't nice billionaires. That that that's just because they're billionaires. That's why they're billionaires because they're not bad. Because they, they've got a ruthless way of of doing things uh, that gets them all this money. So, <clears throat> I've al- I've always been with FSG. Look look they, they are the best of the of the worst if if you like. Yeah. They they obviously we we'd all prefer some some you know something more ideal but that doesn't exist in modern football it just it just doesn't could they could they do better I mean it's it's a question of and you know we Dave wanted to talk about Klopp's comments so we can we can tie into this but sometimes it's I I agree with Dave the the hand in the pocket thing I always took it to mean you spend the money the club's made I didn't I never took it to mean if someone thinks that like John Henry should not buy a new yacht, he should put he should spend that money on Liverpool. Then that's not how it works. Well, people you, do, you know. That's that's the point. Well, they probably also think, think Naby Keita should be started yeah. straight away. So uh, we'll discount them. Yeah, the Venn diagram but, is a circle there, really. <laughs> but but I always I, I I like Dave. I've got if you've got a problem with the clubs like been to three Champions League finals, won the Premier League, won two cups last year, and yet somehow they still we're still spending less than. The other competitors around us, then that's fine. I I get that, I do and I do understand that. But there's also, I suppose, the element of what are we looking for? What is what is the recruitment team looking for? And Klopp and his coaching staff looking for? And are they too dogmatic about if I can't get this player, then we don't get any player? That's the question. Is that what holds us back sometimes? We didn't get. Um, the player from Monaco and then it was just well there's no one else available this year so we won't sign anybody are they that dogmatic and is that the problem sometimes which also ties in with when Klopp said um, this week actually and it, it also he's, he's mentioned it he's referenced it before about taking more risks and there's different ways of interpreting what he meant by that but like we were talking about that before the game and Paul made the point he doesn't think it's like about all oh, the owners have got to take more risks. It's more an overall thing where what you just said then about like when you can't get 
someone who, it's like because you know Pep Linder said the other day we've got to get the right player if like we can't we can't sign the wrong player we've got to be sure that we're right and then we'll spend money on them and they've refused to to move away from that so like when they don't get the player who they are sure about there'll be other players on the list who like they're maybe 75 percent sure or it could be a valuation you know they, they maybe have a valuation on a player of like 40 million pounds and the club wants 60 and we're like no not doing that maybe that's what Klopp's referencing when he says we need to take more risks maybe he means well, we like that player, but we don't want to go above our valuation for him. Maybe sometimes now they're going to have to say, well, yeah, we do need to go a bit above it because needs must. And the valuation it, thing is a bit weird, though, right? Because if the player is the player, it doesn't yeah, really matter. Yeah, if he's good enough, what does it matter yeah. what you pay? I know. And I get the I get the inference that you know you can't make mistakes because we don't have the 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 cheating ways of of a Man City or whatever. But it's not like we're short of a bob or two. We do have money. We can't, you know. Yeah, if we signed a hundred million pound player and they turned out to be absolute Jack shite, Grealish. Jack Grealish, um, <laughs> then yeah, fine, I get that. But I don't think anyone thinks, even if we were less risk averse, that we would be doing that kind of stuff, do we? No, not at all. Well, yeah. no, but depending on the player, I mean, I think they'd pay that for for Bellingham if if the opportunity was there to do it. I think, you know, they would go a hundred million for Bellingham or or close to it. But, but then, it's like when we signed Van Dijk, though, isn't it? You, you know, you look back. I, I watched Van Dijk. He was with uh, Gary Neville on the overlap recently. And, um, you know, he basically said back then, you know, Klopp said it's him or no one. So, yeah. you know, but that was like building a jigsaw, if you like, in them early days. You know, we have flaws in the team, um, which needs a, a dressing to make us, like, really competitive. We had a good but flawed team. You know, Van Dijk was part of one of those last couple of pieces of that jigsaw. Whereas now, you know, we've got the jigsaw, it just needs a couple of fresh pieces in it. It's like, you know, a couple of midfielders to come in just to freshen things up. Um, you, you know, the squad's largely settled to a large extent, um, but I'll say it's just one or two areas you're looking, yeah, you know, we could just do a replenishing. Just yeah, like, an energy boost, yeah. Needs a couple of cans of Red Bull down yeah, it, yeah. Like just like someone to, in there with legs who's going to just, like, charge about and get everyone going. Yeah. Um, um, but you know now yeah so the risk thing's like different now isn't it you know we were adamant it was Van Dijk or no one because you always remember that transfer window and everyone was kicking off back then because yeah. you know we didn't sign you know, Van Dijk didn't sign obviously till December but you know, back then there probably wasn't the pressure on us that there is now in terms of you know Klopp was prepared to wait back then. He knew Van Dijk was the one he wanted, so let's wait five months. And in that few months, you know, I think we conceded three against Sevilla, four against Tottenham. Tottenham. Yeah, Tottenham, yeah. So, you know, you know, we had problems defensively. Um, but now it's like, you know, it's a different time now, isn't it? You know, it's just, as you say, needs a freshen up slightly just to get things really back on track again, hopefully. Yeah, everything he's saying hints that, like, we're going to do stuff in January. But, you know, until the time comes, we're not going to know, are we? But, like, the stuff about risk, there's different ways you can take it. Uh, I don't think it's specifically the owners are too cautious and they won't spend money. I think it's it's the, the whole the whole package. Like, you know, the scouts of evaluation and maybe we're a bit too rigid on not going over that. Or it's a player who they're like, yeah, we really like him, but we like this player a lot more. We know this player would be, like, a, a definite success this player will probably be a success, but we're not quite as sure. And in the past, they've maybe gone, no, we're not doing that. Uh, whereas now, it's like, 
we, we can't afford to be as choosy as we have been because we're not in the position of strength that we were. Like, you know, he's probably, like, last summer, understandably so, he's, he, we've come out of that season where we've almost won everything and he's seen a player that we really wanted and thought he could strengthen the team. We didn't get him and the fans are all clamouring for, like, oh, you've got to go and get a midfielder. And he's like, well, look at all the midfielders I've got. You know, it's not easy to improve on, on the players that I've got. Now, we can say, well, it is, because he's shit, he's always injured, blah, blah, blah. But Klopp rates all of these players. So, in his head, he had nine midfield players to choose from. And so, he thinks, well, yeah, there's players out there who are going to improve on what we've got but it's a small pool of players who are going to improve on it and then as the season's gone on it's like you know what actually yeah the, the pool's a lot bigger than we thought it was and we can do something and you know we couldn't do we can't do it like until the window opens but if we don't sign like you know at least one midfield player in january then what are we doing but i wanted to talk about january because the player who we got linked with yesterday and when i seen his name it just made me laugh it's like uh makoko and I was like, what? Tonton Zola is that? Like, <laughs> footy manager legend. But it's a lad at Dortmund, 17-year-old striker at Dortmund. He's just been named in the Germany squad for the World Cup. Uh, and apparently he's not, like the reports say, he's not signing a new deal at Dortmund. And us and United are leading the charge for him in January. Uh, it's maybe available for about 26 million. Now, our priority's got to be midfield players. But I'm of the view that like when you've got like... A wonder kid striker comes on the market. I feel like you've just got to do that if you can. You, you've got to get him because, especially at that price, I mean, he could be worth like five times that in a couple of years if he's as good as people think he is. Uh, so chances like that don't come around that often to get a player like that. So if we could get somebody like that in, I know we've already got five strikers, but some you've got nine subs now, so. It's easier to, to to integrate players because you got five strikers. They're not always going to all be fit at the same time. So somebody like that is probably going to be like on the bench. And then when you've got like domestic cup games, when you're rotating, well, you're not bringing in like Sig Frauendorf, for example. You're bringing in someone who's like a Germany international. So regardless of what we do in midfield, if there's a chance to sign somebody like that, I just think you've you've got to be you've got to go in strong if you can. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that that's it. So, and if he did sign, you know, if he were, if the interest was genuine, um, I wouldn't be averse to just loaning him back to Dortmund. There's a bit of a sweetness. Mm. Obviously, at the end of the season, even and there's contracts up then anyway, isn't it? The end of the season. So, I don't know. Could you do that with a Bosnian? I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, it it just sounds like a bit of a no-brainer at that price. You know. If he's as good as you say is, you've got to act upon these opportunities and that. It is a bit of a, a low risk, if you like, um, but it could end up being a massive reward from it in the long run as well. Jules, any thoughts on January? Sign a midfielder. Sign someone. You need to freshen up those legs. You can't you can't rely on those on the midfield to stay fit. It's proven, it's been proven over, not just this season, over a number of years, that some of those midfielders cannot stay fit. Um, it, it could be argued that you've never really replaced Wijnaldum, the player with the engine who can go all day. Never um, injured need, either. Mm. Never injured either, yeah, really good point. Um, you need to 
there needs to be some reinforcement there. Um, I don't. I I would never think they'd be as bold as to sign two of them. They'll you know, but they can argue all they want that January is a difficult window, but that's just a false economy because you might have to overspend because the it might be the difference between losing out on the Champions League money and getting it. Um, and you you need those reinforcements. Uh, I'm not bothered if we sign like that one, the kid or whatever. That's 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 by the by for me. But I need the first a, a proven first player that can go in and play in the first team and make a difference. The thing it, is, there's nothing else players, to give the, the team a lift. Uh, like these players are, you know, whether they are, you know, I'm assuming they'll probably still be involved in Champions League, which might make it more difficult. Would you say to uh, for the not really because we need them for the league, not the Champions League. We're no, all right. No, the well, clubs league. might not sell. The, the selling clubs, I mean. Uh, well, that's yeah. where you might have to spend the extra cash. You might yeah. have to. It might be an extra twenty million, and we might go. Oh, we're not paying twenty million more. Well, how much are you going to lose out on the, if you don't get in the Champions League? You know, this is, these are the these are the sort of things you have to you have to think Which about. Which comes into the take more risks thing. You mm. know. Yeah. Because um, you know, Pep Linder said the other day as well about Diaz when we brought him in. And he said it was like water when you're in the desert. He said, you know, we needed that at that time. We badly needed yeah. like him to come in, and it just made such a difference. It gave everyone a lift, and it, it gave us like that momentum for the second half of the season. Because um, he just came in, he was electric immediately, and everyone was like buzzing about it. The crowd, the rest of the, the players, it just gave everyone the lift that we needed. I mean, if we didn't sign him last January, who knows how last season would have ended up? We could have ended yeah. up with nothing. Because he contributed to everything that we did, really. Uh, so a signing like that, I mean, even under just normal circumstances, when you bring somebody in, it gives you that boost. These aren't normal circumstances. We are, we actually are in fairly desperate need of like legs and energy now. So we've yeah. got to do something, and if it means we have to pay over the odds, then you know we've we've spent years not doing that. But at some point, maybe just on like you've got to say, well, look desperate times desperate measures i'm not saying we should change the policy and we should always do that but for this window i think you've you've got to do something because we're going to be playing twice a week for the the rest of the season we look how we've struggled now and it's going to get even worse the second half of the season so many games are crammed into such a short space of time so i, I think we need at least two to be honest out of 10 what do you reckon the odds are of what Signing up a, a player that goes straight into the first team in January. Nine. Nine, really? Yeah, that high. Right eight. But in terms of signing two, which is what we probably could do with. Four. Just because of, like, yeah, you can write off Ox, you can write off Cater. They're, they're like, I mean, Ox is fit again now, but he, he's not really considered that he's not part of the plans. Um, so we definitely, you'd like to get two, just because we've got so many games. If we were playing once a week, we could, we could get by with one new signing. But so many games, I mean, what happens if Thiago gets injured again? Which the Which likelihood is at some point Thiago is going to get injured. Fabinho mm. might get injured. I actually want a, a Fabinho, like, not replacement, I'm not saying get rid of Fabinho, but I want somebody who can do, like, I want a number six. And we also need someone to, who can play in like the other two positions as well in an ideal world. I'm saying like nine out of ten that we get one player. Whether we get two players, I'd put that more along the lines of like maybe four out of ten. I love Fair us enough. to just block a twenty-four-year-old Cantayar or somewhere that that type of player. Yeah, you know he wasn't known when he was um, 
And Leicester signs him, really. He's had a brilliant career here, hasn't he? Uh, great player over the years. Just but injuries have caught up with him now, and yeah, slowed him down a bit. Style of play, it's you know type of player he is. So you know. Well now, uh, now Dietrich Mateschnitz has died, and the Red Bull teams might not be funded the way much anymore. Maybe we should just go and buy all their scouting department. <laughs> yeah. Go and go and sign all them lads while while they uh, they don't know what's happening with their jobs. And then um, there's the the lad from Leipzig as well. We maybe go and get him. Yeah, mentioned him on the last pod. Is Alpha for you his name? Like <laughs> I keep forgetting his name. I'm just terrible with names. Getting as bad as me dad. It's just a lad whose contracts up, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. He's Austrian so, yeah. and he's like he's he been described as like a Kante like type player. Yeah. Oh, Austrian. The Austrian. In that Kante. case, yeah. Austria. In go that on, case, go on. g'day, mate. <laughs> Let's throw another shrimp on the barbie. Let's not. Oh, 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 we could go back to the uh, shining players. So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> uh, um, no, but with that lad at Leipzig, you know, you could just offer uh, Leipzig a fee if his contract's up. That's the way to do it, isn't it? Um, you know, I know that they've got City in the yeah. Champions League, so likelihood is they're going out. Um, you know, so as though they've got a nip and tuck draw, you know, City will probably beat them quite comfortably, I think. So uh, maybe just offer them, I don't know, if it's that uh, wonder kids going for 26 million or whatever, that could be the type of fee which, you know, you're signing this lad for all being well. It's how old is he? Is he young lad? Mid-20s. Lads, is he? Mid-20s, yeah. yeah, okay. Um, yeah, so that maybe just offer offer a fee for him because obviously they'll lose him for nothing at the end of the season. So I wouldn't be surprised if there was hopefully something in there. But it goes back to what I said on on the last part as well. I was like, if you get him in on the cheap, it means there's more money to be able to do something else. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe that could go towards Bellingham in the summer. Yeah, um, you know that's going to be a hefty package, that isn't it? I still think uh, that just comes down to whoever else is in for him. You know, if Real Madrid or Man City are coming in, I just don't see us getting them. But, you know, maybe they, they don't go for them. We'll see. Uh, anything else we need to mention? Klopp wasn't on the mm. touchline today. That was a little bit weird. Looking down and I'm not being there. And Pep it wasn't really... Pep a few minutes. Yeah, he it, was. Uh, it, it's not it like he was like stood there the whole the game either. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Didn't make much Jones. of a difference. No. Southampton manager was quite active, like, um, but yeah, it's a bit of an empty, uh, empty look to our touchline area for you know, a large portion of the game, yeah, or first half especially. Jack and the players are made up, <laughs> not having them fucking <laughs> screaming at them. For, that's probably why Fabinho had a decent game today, probably just relaxed because <laughs> he didn't have Klopp fucking bollocking him every five minutes. <laughs> mm. uh, what did you make of that anyway with the suspension? Like, uh, he he. Gets like a fine and no ban, and then the FA appealed it. What do you think about that? Well, I, he should have probably been banned in the first instance. Yeah. Um, so that he wasn't banned, I found a bit weird. Um, that the FA appealed, it's it does come across as a bit petty. Mm. But I suppose they will always say they're looking at like how people behave at grassroots level, and it, it's sending their own message if he gets away with it. That's usually the way the, the line they they take with that kind of stuff. So I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I just don't know why the. What I don't get though is why the independent panel goes, yeah, no, not a but, not a touchline ban. 
and the FA goes, oh, are you sure about that? And they went, and then they yeah. go, oh, actually, yeah, actually, yeah, it is a touchdown. That didn't make any sense. That's like, we what didn't I get didn't any. About, Weird. We didn't get the mitigating circumstances about why they appealed, unless they said, the kids, though, the kids, and they went, oh, yeah, the kids, yeah, fair enough, yeah, okay. I don't understand that. But I, that's all within the mind that I, I did think it probably was a touchline ban. You can't run, you can't do that to the linesman. You just can't. Um, so, I, I, do you know what? The only thing I would say is, yeah, he, you know, they appealed and it got put back later. But it, it would have been, what, the Spurs game he'd have missed if, if it had gone through the original time? Better, better missing Southampton at home than like Spurs away or something. I think it would have been. Well, it depends. If like if it's just an automatic ban, it would have been like the game after, which would have been Leeds, I think. Well, no, it, it would never be an automatic ban because I think don't they always have to go to like they always have to be charged with whatever they're being charged with. They don't just. Mm. It's not like a player. They have to because a manager can't really get sent off like like that. They they have to go another way, but. I, I, I say I, I think if you're going to miss one, they've probably done us a favour by having it be Southampton at home yeah. with like new manager Nathan Jones, who has only managed you know when he was when he left Luton last time he was dog shit at Stoke and had to go back to Luton, so he hasn't exactly got the track record outside of Luton. John, and, I know uh, you're dying to chime in there. Go on. Yeah, do you think the Luton fans sang Nathan Jones being gone too long when he went back? <laughs> <laughs> he said that today and he was all pleased with himself <laughs> very well you know very much so anytime you can get a banana rama reference then you should take it never well, do you think Southampton fans get pissed off at them do you think they'll think Nathan Jones just being here too long yeah they'll probably just say Nathan Jones just fuck off yeah <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you know again I, I think if you're going to get a ban probably this was the, the game to do it it's done with we we just move on. I'm not going to get into the oh, the FA, it's a conspiracy and all that nonsense. It's no, just, it's not a conspiracy. It, but it I just, just think they were it petty. just seemed a bit weird. It's it seemed very petty and a bit weird, but uh, it's done with now, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, anything else? Uh, there's nothing from today, really, is there? Uh, I think we've covered all transfers. Uh, yeah, I think I'm done here. Anything to yeah, add? No, just just to say, like in terms of the the break in the World Cup, we we're, we're actually going to be doing pretty well. There's only seven players of ours at the World Cup, mm. um, so it, it gives a good chance for they've basically been calling it a, a pre-season, haven't they? This this break, yeah. So it gives them to it give much like uh, much like Doctor Sam Beckett gives them the chance to put right what once went wrong and the fuck up with the pre-season and whatever they didn't or didn't do in the pre-season they get now to have a proper pre-season and maybe we'll come back firing out like racing snakes again i tell you what else I need to bring up as well I, that's just reminded me um, what racing snakes no no because we got City oh, right. didn't we and like oh in the Carabao people yeah. are actually blaming me for that when I was clearly joking the other night when I said I wanted City that was just a joke because of the Real Madrid thing but as soon as that draw comes out I've got people coming at me going that's you that you've, you've jinxed us but when you actually think about it, this is like the best time to play them. You know, would would you rather play them now when they're going to have like more players missing than we're going to have missing, or like in the final or, or the semis when like the full strength? I think that's worked out in our favour. If we were going to get drawn against City, this is the best time to do it, because if you look at who, I mean, you don't know what's going to happen over like the pre-season and who's going to get injured or whatever. But as things stand. When players who were away at the World Cup, if the, if like the players for like the big nations who were expected to go quite far, you know, if like if most of those nations, like say Belgium, Portugal, um, 
France, uh, if they if they get to like the quarters, the semis, well, some of those players are not going to be available for like for the the League Cup game. Whereas if you look at disregard like the seven players who we've got at the World Cup, and some of them might be available. Who knows how early they get knocked out? But if you just disregard them now and look at the team we could pick for that game, pretty good. Yeah, I'm thinking that might be sort of like a community shield type game. Well, now. it is, isn't it? You know, City will come back game, like really. if they, you know, if they've got the most players at the World Cup, and um, they they might come back a bit. Because didn't they only have like two friendlies prior to that community yeah. shield game? And you know, we we looked a lot fitter and fresher. Yeah, I don't know well what happened since then, but they were well off it. Yeah, um, you know, we won convincingly. Um, so you think it's probably going to be like a similar type of. You know, game maybe similar type teams as well. Um, no, maybe not both of full strength. Oh, City was definitely under strength that day. But um, yeah, I, I'm, I think we'll go relatively strong. Um, you know, Salah's not going to have a game for a few weeks. Uh, there's quite a lot of players. Diaz will be back. Diaz will be back. Diaz, Bobby, Salah, maybe Jota's mm. back as well. Yeah. Like yeah, at the back you'll have Gomez, Matip, uh, Ramsey, right back. You've got Robbo and you've got Costas as well. For, like, yeah. for left back. Kelleher would play regardless, so Alisson mm. not being there doesn't matter because he wouldn't be playing that game anyway. Midfield, you've got Thiago, Thiago still here, Milner, Curtis, Harvey. Um, so, yeah, we've we've still got like, yeah, Bajetic will probably be involved maybe like in, in some capacity. We've, we've got like a, a strong. Uh, a strong team that we can pick for that game. Now I don't know yeah. what city you're going to have because a lot of it's going to depend on how, how far, far like Belgium mm. and Portugal go, whether like De Bruyne and Bernardo whether they are available. Um, but likelihood is we're going to have a stronger team than them for that game. So it's a, it's mm. a good opportunity. You want to get it out the way. Get, I, I wish it was at Anfield. You know that's the only thing is like getting drawn away. Not ideal. If it was at Anfield, I wouldn't be worried at all. I'd expect us to win it, but. I Will we have any like uh, behind closed doors games? You think in the next few weeks? Like, like you know, obviously I think have not. A tune up before that. They they probably have like maybe one game before that. But I don't know. I don't know if what they've got arranged. I don't even know like when they're going to Dubai. Are they going like the, at the start of, of like the World Cup? How, how many weeks off are they giving the players? Not really seen anything about that. I think they probably have a week off maybe week and then back to it. Yeah, Dubai and then maybe. One or two sorts of behind closed doors games, um, in the run up to the, you know, the the real stuff starting again. Mm. So yeah, my point is, don't be coming at me for the the Man City draw. I'll take the the Real Madrid thing, whatever anyone wants to throw at me there, I'll take that. I called for it, I wanted it, but the City thing now, don't be putting that on me. And I think that covers everything really. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know what we're going to be doing, like um, pod wise over the World Cup. We we will be doing something. You know, we're not just going to have like six weeks off. We'll probably do like uh, maybe one a week, maybe every ten days or something. But yeah, we'll definitely have something for you. But uh, at, at the moment, don't really know what. But we'll think of something. Uh, so yeah, that wraps it up. And yeah, we'll be back in a week or two probably. So thanks for listening, and we'll catch you soon. Best word I can say, but uh, we'll describe this was boom. <laughs> 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 Ooh, what was this? It was really good.